0: Welcome to Empire Building, where we talk about building big businesses and even bigger lives. I'm your
1: co-host, Via Williams. I'm Seychelle Van Poole. And I'm Sarah Reynolds. So today we are going to talk about, um, honestly, probably one of the hardest things that I've tackled um, as a leader, which is to unify uh, two very different uh, mindsets and departments. So most uh, empires and organizations, you have your sales force and then you have your operations team, right, that are behind mm-hmm. the scenes. So you have your sales force is making all of the promises. Then you have the operations team whose job is to fulfill uh, all of the promises mm-hmm. and unifying the two is so hard <laughs> at times. Uh, and we're going to dive into that today on how you can unify through communication your sales force and your operations team.
0: You know what I call that,
1: Sarah. I for years, I've
0: called that an elegant tension. There's an elegant tension between sales and success team or operations team. and and that's that's what we all need. We both need each other, and we it's that's why I call it elegant because it's a very healthy tension for an organization to have. But it's like being on a balance beam. You
1: know you have to yes. you have to
0: really yes. you know measure it right and take care of it and make sure it doesn't tip over one way or the other.
1: Yeah. No, it it is. It is truly um, a balance. And I mean, the hardest thing is, I mean, completely different mindsets, right? Yeah. Uh, And you need them both. Yes. Both are essential. Yeah. You have to have both. Yeah. You have to have both. I mean, you've got the sales team who is entrepreneurial. They don't want to typically have a job per se. Mm -hmm. Um, They they love or or rules. Or they love variety, um, all of those things. And then you've got the complete opposite <laughs> in your operations yes. team. They want safety. They want routine. Um, predictability. They, uh, yes. Predictability. Lists. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so you are you're you need both. And yet you your job as the leader is to unify both. Yep. To unify yep. into one team serving the yep. client. Um, and so we're going to talk about that. And surprise, surprise, we have six steps.
2: <laughs> I know it's a <laughs> shocker. Well, know.
1: It, it's such a, a shocker. shocker. Yeah, we have six steps. Um, so we're going to dive into how you can unify your sales and operations team. Um, and step one is so so important, um, which is to seek first to understand and to teach your team uh, seeking first to understand. Uh, I think that this is so um, important to start off with understanding what each other sort of does, um, and so. One of the things that I try to do is to teach my team to put yourself in the other uh, departments' shoes, um, with their job and what their role is, um, mm-hmm. and understanding um, their 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 role in, in it all. Right? Uh, you've got mm-hmm. your uh, sales team that um, is is on commission only many times, um, so there's the stress of that. They're, they are working nonstop, right? Cause their clients are, are, um, asking them questions nonstop. And then you've got your operations team that, that deals with the stress of that from the sales team. And then also, um, has set hours, right? They're not getting paid mm-hmm. to do what salespeople do. Um, and so navigating that through, the first thing is to understand, seek first, understand what the other party is going through and putting yourselves in their shoes first and foremost. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm getting an aha right
0: now, Sarah, with this. And I'm like, I'm thinking, gosh, what a good idea. Wouldn't it be a great idea? I should get my team leaders in my case and my MCAs. So the MCAs would be success team and team leaders would be sales team. I should, on our next Zoom, get everybody together and and have the team leaders say, you know, say, what are the top three things that cause you stress? and anxiety and cause you to lash out. And I should ask the same thing with the MCAs and help each to understand, to give more empathy for it. That is a
1: really, really smart idea. Mm -hmm. I didn't
0: think about Mm -hmm. it. It's really good.
1: And you know, when we pause, so the the way, the reason this all came about this topic and also this content came about just to give transparency to our listeners is we were struggling. So at, Empower Home, we're struggling with this right now uh, in terms of understanding one another and communicating. And I just did a training for my operations team on this topic. Um, And I asked them, I said, Hey, like, have you ever paused and put yourself in our agent partners or our partner's shoes? Um, And we, we listed out like, what are some stress? Why are, why is their job one of the top five most stressful jobs in America. Uh, and I was shocked at how many of them fully understand what Mm -hmm. our agents are going through, what our partners are going through, but it took us all pausing to ask the question. Mm -hmm. And then they shared. like, you know, one of them brought up like, well, they're it's dangerous. They're meeting strangers, you know, like, yeah, Mm -hmm. that, that adds stress, right. When it's dangerous. Mm -hmm. And so like, Put, taking the time to put yourself in the other department's shoes is so so important. So I love that, mm-hmm. Via. That's a great exercise to do.
0: Well, yeah, I hadn't thought of it till now, and, and I know we're going to move into number two. But one of the things that you've talked about on step one that I, I just think warrants sort of like putting a pin in is is you know asking why. What's the why is behind the request without maybe yes. saying why. You know, mm-hmm. so so you know, if you're out in the other shoes saying, huh, Sarah, I'm curious what's behind this? What's mm-hmm. behind the stress I'm hearing mm-hmm. in your voice, or what's behind the question? Or just like how yes. can you tell that me more? About to the other that? Person,
2: uh-huh. Yeah. Or what is it, is there really something smart. that I did that caused this to happen? Like we we actually use Seek first understand." Um, probably two or three times a month at our big like team meetings where we're talking mm. through issues and how did we seek first to understand in this issue as a team from an operations or sales team? What happened? What did the other person do to seek first to understand to then move the needle through that faster or more efficiently or more effectively? And I find it's it's a phrase that if you can get drilled into somebody's head from a sales side or an operations side, they show up with more empathy um, to getting to the root of what the issue is too, which is super helpful. Um, yeah, and no, it's, no, what,
1: it's awesome if you can get them there. No, that's, that's so good say. And using that as the example mm-hmm. to shine the light on when a team member does seek first understanding. Yes, yeah, exactly. That, that's yeah. what we do. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. And, and I love that. I think that, that
0: leads yeah. into number two <clears throat> really well. And step two is just understand and think about the emotion, Behind mm-hmm. the communication, and you know, think about how will the recipient feel with the communication you're mm-hmm. about to give. Uh, do they feel cared for? Do they feel important? Do they feel like a priority? Do they feel appreciated? One of the the things um, that one of my DHBs, you guys know that means deeply held beliefs. Uh, side note: I was doing a training last week, and there was a whole bunch of empire building listeners, and I I said DHB, and they all.
1: Deeply held beliefs. It's <laughs> like, you, you listen. We have listeners. Oh my God, they like us. It was really funny. I was like, oh, I almost wanted to cry. I was like, huh. Anyway,
0: um, one of my DHBs is that I, I, I always want to leave every interaction giving more energy than I take. Mm. Right. So whenever Mm -hmm. I leave an interaction and it feels yucky for me, or I feel like it feels yucky for the Mm. other person, I, I just, I try to do my best to rate every interaction and make sure that I'm leaving Mm. the other person with more energy than less. It's one of my, my life DHPs, right? I don't always succeed. Sometimes it's on purpose, you know, sometimes there is a time and a place for it, but this reminded me of it, Sarah, Um, you know, just, just really, really understanding and thinking about, you know, what your emotion is and how I can, how I can leave you with more energy behind this interaction. Mm-hmm. And I can only leave you with more energy if I am trying to, and probably somewhat successfully understanding what your emotion is behind it. You know, mm-hmm. do you want to feel safe? Do you want to feel encouraged? Do you want to feel, you know, do you want to get feedback?
2: Do mm-hmm. you want to
0: feel, you know, whatever it is, you know, how, how do you want to feel in, in reaction to whatever it is you brought to me?
2: hmm The uh, method that we use on our team is called the sandwich method, especially when you're doing communication and writing, where it's, you start with something positive that they're doing, you give the constructive assistance that you need and the why behind it. And then you follow up with the action that you take and the appreciation that they're going to do that to help you. And I think especially to a sales, mm-hmm. like back and forth between sales and operations, the, like, I, I find our operations team can get so into like, get stuff out, mode that they forget mm-hmm. to like sandwich it. And if, if someone has an emotional negative reaction to the way you phrase something, they can't receive any of the feedback that you're giving or the help that you're asking for. And so trying to keep that sandwich method of kind of like, I think, think about it like an ice cream sandwich, I want some cookies in there, um, <laughs> helps, helps with, uh, the delivery of the receiving of the message.
1: Yeah. I think that that's, um, so so important i mean brene brown talks so much about the emotion behind everything Mm -hmm. right and i think that this Mm -hmm. is typically when you're getting maybe what can happen sometimes is the sales team comes in and they have the um, they're stressed out their client might just be upset about something that's going on Mm -hmm. they then turn around and and move that stress onto the ops team right so they're like stressed out they're moving the stress onto the ops team that's the emotion behind it, right? Stress and or the fear of letting the client down, wanting yep. to please the client, right? Is where the sales team's coming Losing from. Losing the sale. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah exactly. Losing the sale, Exactly, exactly. And then the, the ops team then gets the 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 pressure. What can be
2: mm-hmm. easy for
1: the ops team is to give the pressure back, right? Yeah. Like, so to turn around to and the sales team. And, yeah. Understandably, absolutely. Yeah. Understand- they're all understandable, honestly. Mm-hmm. When you... Seek first to understand and put yourself in the mm-hmm. other department's yeah. shoes. You can certainly understand it. But I think yeah. it's it's you know, there's a Bible verse that says like a soft answer turns away wrath. And I and I think mm-hmm. about that often when I'm dealing with stress, like, how can I give a soft answer to this? Mm-hmm. And sometimes it takes the per that's actually the leader in that case, the person that that's right will soften it. And um, and so how you respond back is so important. And many times the ops team is reacting right? Yes. To, to yes. A, a question or to a request from the sales team and how you respond back to them really matters. And to make sure yeah. that you give a soft answer to where you're showing care, you're showing that they're important, you're that. showing that they're a priority. And before you know it, you you build unity. And it takes a lot of time, to be honest, I think leadership from the ops team mm-hmm. to, to do time. this. And they typically have more self-control in general to do it, um, that will then all of a sudden teach the sales side how to respond and communicate. So, yeah, yeah, Sarah,
0: I love that. And one of the mm-hmm. biggest hacks, and I learned this, you know, surprisingly, like, not very long ago. Like, I only learned it like four or five years ago. And one of the biggest hacks and the best ways to de-escalate a situation is to agree with the other person. So if they say, if they say, look, you're not moving fast enough, go, oh, yeah, you're right. We probably aren't moving fast enough for what you want. So let's make sure that we're in alignment because, like, we think we're moving lightning fast. So, yeah. Like, whatever it is, like, you just agree with whatever the other person Mm -hmm. says. Like, I remember I had someone go, hey, look, so-and-so said that you were, um, you know, you didn't run a good team and you weren't a good leader, you know, way back when you had your team. And I just wanted you to know that, that I defended you. I was like, wow, thank you. I think they were probably right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think I was very good. They're like, yeah. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, I think, I think they're probably right. Like, I just, I tend to agree yeah. with people and then I'm going to move on. Mm-hmm. And I think with ops and sales, a lot of the time you can just not push back on the objection. It completely deescalates it. Mm-hmm, you know, oh, we probably aren't moving fast enough and that's we actually think we're good. moving really fast so there's a disconnect yeah write
1: that down that's no, good it, so so good i i think the the key here with, with your sales and ops team and this is something that more like if there is an episode you want your whole team to listen to this is probably it to be honest because it's you have as a leader you're unifying them but for them to understand one another is key but th- sometimes when you have a, a sales agent talking to an operations team. Sometimes that's their only interaction with the team that day. That's right. It, and, and what can happen is they then define the whole organization by that interaction. Mm-hmm. And so you, you want to think like, mm-hmm. okay, how can we make sure that they feel cared for, that they feel acknowledged and important. And it's like so important with how you do it. The other big thing here that I, I just have to throw out, just it's so important with emotion it is so hard to hear emotion in uh, in writing. Yeah. So many times you've got to pick up the phone. Um, emailing and texting back and forth is well, not you're the moving, best you're way right, to go. Right well We're going go perfect. It. I am go, I'm sorry on the step three. I know no, that's perfect. great. Know. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, a, good. Perfect, it's, good. it's a
2: perfect it's a perfect segue. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah, so go ahead with step 3 but I think it's so important to understand how you're so like, right. you are know, communication is yeah. going to be heard, yeah. which then leads to step three of like what the best way is, right? So right. go ahead and, what, the, and talk what is about the that best day.
2: mode? Exactly. It's what's the best mode of communication type to receive the type of message that you're sending. And there's so many different ways to be able to get that across, whether it's email, text, Slack, voice memo, phone, um, take a quick selfie video. Um, you know, depending on what you're trying to get across, you know, I think there's a big difference between how those get done. I know one thing um, Kristen, our ops director on our team, started doing was having a weekly Zoom meeting to walk through every agent's clients with them. Um, for their contracts because she found that mm. like email and text wasn't effective. And so she does a 15 minute meeting with every single salesperson now to walk through all the potential pitfalls, questions, challenges, et cetera. But they get to see each other. Whereas before it was all via text or, you know, email and it felt less personal. And I thought that was such a great eight efficiency hack, number one for her. But number yes. two, such a great value proposition to bring her wisdom to the table Um, Because so often, one of our biggest value propositions outside of giving our team's business is our operations team and the value that they bring to the table through their systems, organization, protection, efficiencies, like everything that they do. And so, you know, I think slowing down for a quick second before you fire something out, whether you're on the sales or the operations team and saying, is this the best, best method to get my point across? And then, you know, the other thing is it is important to document your conversations. And I think on the sales side, sometimes text and phone tends to be what we lean on on the sales side, but making sure you're recapping that conversation and looping in the operations side into an email, summarizing it so they're on the same page and can help you. Different things like that can really make a difference when it comes to creating efficiency, respect, and having like, I think about... Like a sales team's love language oftentimes is to feel respected and seen and appreciated and heard. And on the operations team, one of their biggest love languages, don't make me do my work twice or make me double do something if you've already done it. Mm. And so making Mm. sure from a sales side that you are recapping your conversation and writing, whether it's in your CRM or in an email recap and looping in that operations team so that they understand that piece of work has been done, that conversation has been had, and they know their next steps to help follow through for you.
0: So one of the things that I've been experiencing lately, and this is probably speaking more to people that um, that report up, sideways, yep. and down, which I have all three. <clears throat> and so one of the things that I've been putting a lot more thought into is, do I want to send a written email ahead of time for someone to review, then we review it in our discussion? Or do I want to have the discussion and then send that as a recap? And sometimes, yeah. by the way, it's both. But really thinking, sometimes I do not want to give something ahead of time. I sure. really want to control the message. I want to control the flow of how I'm doing it. Sometimes, though, I do. And, and what I find is if someone has the opportunity to review something, process it, and then and come back to me. So I find with our operation success teams, they like a pre-review. They really like Absolutely. to have that opportunity to look at things ahead of time, process it, think about it, you know, whatever salespeople don't, don't always, sometimes they do, they don't always need that though. You know, they're, they're more, a little bit quicker, um, impulsive in their, in their responses. Right. In both cases though, to your guys's point, Mm -hmm. like you want a follow-up, whatever that looks Mm -hmm. like. So I just thought I'd throw that out. I
2: have, I have two examples this week of where something like that was put into play. Number one was we did our sales team mid-year reviews, and I did one-on-ones with every one of our sales team, you know, reviewing the first half of the year, forecasting for what we're looking for the second half of the year, and I sent out eight questions ahead of time that I wanted them to think through before we had our meeting. Um, And so that would be an example of, like, I wanted to elicit thought and, you know, conversation ahead of time. Um, One of my biggest trigger points, and I don't know about y'all, but, like, is when I get a text and the text says, hey, do you have a second? Oh, I don't no. know if you guys no ever blind get those. agendas for that, via, I get if you that, ever work and that's with me. that's no. a yeah. That th- nope. that immediately nope. sends nope. me into nope. like or. not good headspace, bad headspace, and I'm like, do I have a second because I'm getting sued? Do I have a second because you're quitting? Do I have a second because? Um, You have an hour-long conversation you need to have with me. Did I screw up on something? Or did you just like have a question where you want to know what I ate for lunch today? I don't know. So like in communication, you know, one of the best things you can do leadership sideways up down is if you need a second, say what the second's for. Do you have a second to do X um, on both sides? Because I find that helps a ton too.
1: Yeah. And I, I, all, all of that is, is gold. Um, and hopefully I'm sure there's lots of notes being taken right now. I think the, uh, the other big thing with doing things in writing is so many times, like when, when this is an internal communication, so, um, we have client communication, which is external, and then you have internal communication. Mm -hmm. So when you have, when you have a conversation, um, with a a salesperson has conversation with an ops person or ops person has conversation with the salesperson, after if it is done by phone or in person i have found a recap email to be crucial because some because they those departments do think completely different mm-hmm. like like we just have to understand that like they think completely different sometimes they also hear something completely different and i think what's really important mm-hmm. is to recap it to make sure that everyone's on the same page like And it can Mm. be quick bullets. You don't have to be as like caring about the emotion in the recap because you just had a in-person or on the phone where they could hear your emotion and hear your care. But what you do want to make sure is that you walked away understanding the same thing. And whenever that happened. Yeah.
0: Yep. And Sarah, I love that. And action steps. What you're Uh each doing. Yes. You have Uh to put in action steps when you're doing your recap. And by when. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. Yep. So step three was like figuring out what is the best way to communicate and always go with the best way. The more you can do in person or over the phone, the better because they hear the emotion. But obviously Mm -hmm. sometimes it's email and text and Mm -hmm. things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So figuring out the best way. Step four, when you're commuting, communicating internally, and when you're wanting to build unity amongst the two departments, The why behind something Mm. is so important that everyone understands the why. Um, Many times like an, an agent might have a request or something like that and the ops team does it a certain way, right? That, that they have been proven and or their leader told them to do it that way. Right. And they just say like, no, we don't do it that way. (laughs) Mm. Right. Your ops team might respond in that with that. The sales team needs to understand the why, and then the, the more that the sales team can, can communicate the why they're making the request, the ops team will respond better. The why behind something is so important um, when you're trying to build unity between ops and, um, and sales. And so teaching and training your people to explain why. That's happening like, well, the client the client called me and they're upset and this is why they're upset. Instead of just saying, I need you to do X, Y, Z, explain mm-hmm. the why you're requesting it. And then vice versa, the ops team explaining why something is done a certain way. So it's so, so important to explain the why uh, behind it.
0: So I just want to... Yes, yes to that. And Mm -hmm. what it reminds me of, I don't know if you guys have read that book called, um, I think it's called Influence by Robert um, Cialdini. Uh, very, mm-hmm. very good, good book. Um, mm-hmm. But he talks about a lot of studies done that if you you can get people to comply more more joyfully and easily, if you use the word because, I don't know if you guys knew this, but mm-hmm. if you say it, the word because triggers like it, it triggers compliance, like an automatic compliance response in humans. Mm-hmm. So if you say, hey, could I come to the front of the Xerox line because it doesn't matter what you're going to say afterwards. It could say because I'm wearing a pink dress or it could say because my son's sick and I have to get to his school. There might be a slight sliding scale, but the research shows it's when you say because it's that they understand you have a reason. And they Mm. sort of, they're, they're, we're wired to like sort of naturally accept that, okay, Sarah has a reason, otherwise she wouldn't be asking, I'm going to let her do it, and I'm going to have a better attitude about it. So that just reminded me of that, because when you said that, like understanding that there is a because, and that there is a why sometimes, just adding the word because, if you just practice that, because, fill in the blank. Isn't that funny?
1: Why did I not have this? An hour it's ago, when I was It's, it's <laughs> called. I'm, I'm pretty
0: sure it's it's Robert Cialdini. It's the title that I'm. I think pretty sure it's influence. It's the name of it.
1: That's so good. That's awesome. so adding because which is answering the why, right? Yes. It is that is yeah. that's a one word that goes into the why. I love that. I love yeah. that. There you go.
0: So good. Um step five, uh, remember that we need them and they need you. We are all in this together, folks. Elegant tension. It's good. The tension is good for us and it's good for our businesses, right? And I think we all recognize on one level, sales need ops, ops need sales, right? But um, mm-hmm. it's really important to show gratitude for what the other person is doing on the other side and knowing that, and, and I think just internalizing and telling yourself everyone's doing their best because I, I really believe that's true. It most of Our work environments. People are are, are certainly, you know, they think they're doing their best anyway. Um, You know, we all depend on one another. And so I think it's important to communicate that and how important they are to you, how much you appreciate them. And, you know, I think that all of these will have a better outcome at the end of it. But but the last point of this that I really want to emphasize, and I think it's the single most important word in this whole discussion, and that is the word anticipate. The word anticipate is under-recognized. And I think it's uh, under-appreciated. If we can work to, if we truly, if we go through steps one through four and we truly work to understand you know why they'd be asking this why they would be putting pressure on whatever this is or you know mm-hmm. why they're upset about something right and and if we can use that to anticipate in the future triggers or anticipate what's going to stress someone out or what's going to cause organizational chaos or what whatever that is if we can anticipate i think that's what separates the truly exceptional from the okay people, right? Being at least one, two, if not three steps ahead of things, or at least trying to be, at least trying to anticipate, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just think is something we should all strive for. Yeah.
1: no, I love that. I, 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 th- I think that's so good. I, I, When I was doing this training with my team, just like an hour ago, um, I, I, we were talking about, so we sought first understand and we went through the exercise of like, okay, what are the stresses on the sales side? Like what are, mm-hmm. let's put ourselves in their shoes. Right. And then at the end, when I got to the, to this part of just like, we need each other. I said, do any of you guys want to do this job? Ooh, and this I'm. was talking to my ops team and they said, no, <laughs> like we don't want that job. And I'm like, and none of us would have jobs without mm-hmm. the sales team being willing to yes. do that job. You need them. Now they can't do their job without you. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's so important that that whole concept of like your ops team has to have the people willing to go out there and Mm -hmm. sell and -hmm. take the objections Mm -hmm. and put themselves in awkward situations, all of those things. And then they can't do that. Well, if they're not fully supported from the ops team, meaning everyone needs one another. And I think when you come at it from that standpoint and the more as a leader, you can say that the more unity you're going to bring, uh, because, they then understand like, okay, yeah, I'm not going to do that. Well, then you wouldn't have a job if there wasn't a sales force that was willing to go mm-hmm. out there mm-hmm. and sell your product, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, and and vice versa, they wouldn't be able to sell as well without you. So everyone is in need of one another. It's so, so important. And That's Sarah, right. just as leaders, I
0: think that one of the biggest things that that I, I really do try to emphasize to alleviate the stress is I... I'm constantly trying to train my people especially especially my success team. I'm constantly trying to train them to anticipate. What you can anticipate mm-hmm. is is you know this is going to show up when this happens because of x. And so I think that that word anticipate and that concept of anticipation is really it, it's so it's an important, important and it's really important for this topic.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes, well, I agree. And then yep. like your last piece is like, as you are pulling all of these pieces together, it's making sure that you're helping to prevent silos inside of the organization.
0: This is a tough one. It's a hard, it's hard. one, especially when you're like, I, Sarah,
2: I think about how like fast you guys have been growing and how many people you've been adding. I think about anytime we're switching major systems or implementing a big change, like helping to prevent silos becomes such an important thing. And so, you know, some questions that you can ask to help prevent these silos is, number one, you know, who needs to know about the communication that's happening and what's going on? The second one is, what other departments are being impacted from this decision or from this situation? And then at the end of a department meeting, you know, answering together, I think these are great questions. You know, first off, what decisions were made today? Recapping what decisions were made. The next one is, who does that impact, Then who do we need to inform about it? Who is owning the communication um, and informing them, right? So we don't just think, oh, someone's going to hear about it and then no one ever tells them. And then the last one is, is when and how should this be best communicated? And that really takes those five questions right there, really summarize our steps in internal communication to help make sure that the right people at the right time and the right way are learning about what needs to happen and how it impacts them when you're making big changes in your organization,
1: I, I love that. And honestly, this is something that we are failing forward at.
2: We'll join the right club, now.
1: Sarah. And, you know. Yeah. And, absolutely. And, and so we, we, we've added these five questions to every meeting agenda at the end That's to good. ask love it. The, the five questions to make sure that we are communicating out um, what, what needs to hap- have, have happened. And when you're wanting to build unity amongst the different departments and amongst ops and, and the sales team, it, the best way to do it is through communication. But so many times, both are making decisions without the other party knowing about it. I mean, that's right. One, one of the most fascinating um, stories, and of course, uh, this is, I, I r- reside right outside of Washington, DC. And so this is, it's more at home for us. Um, but when they did the aut- autopsy on September eleventh. Like Mm -hmm. when our government looked back and said, how did we let this happen? Like, how did we not catch it? Okay. So it took multiple years for them to do a full sort of diagnosis Mm -hmm. of what happened. They found that all of the departments of our government had one of the pieces of the puzzle to where we could have stopped it. So the DOJ had a piece, the CIA had a piece, the FBI had a piece. Um, the Department of Defense had a piece like all of the different um, departments had pieces and had they have been communicating one- to one another, not siloed, we would have prevented thousands of Americans dying. Mm. Wow. Had they Now, and I know that's a serious topic, um, but the yeah. same thing happens within our organizations where the ops team knows something that the sales team doesn't know. And then they're, they're siloed and they're, before you know it, it's like they're, you're running two different companies that have no idea what one hand and the other is doing. Mm-hmm. So much can be prevented through communication if you can figure out how to systematize it, which is what, what we're struggling with right now, um, in the best way. And so it's, it's so important to build unity through non-siloing. And as you grow bigger, this becomes much harder mm-hmm. as you grow bigger.
0: That so is so fascinating, Sarah. I think I'd heard that before, but the way you put it in context of this is is really interesting. What yeah. what what did pop into my mind was was a an incident, not an incident, but something that happened this week. And and you know, granted, I'm in a pretty large organization now, at least um relative to a lot of our um small business listeners i mean we have about 500 employees yeah. now and you know we're getting bigger and and what what i also am finding lately because we have different departments it's not it's beyond just sales and ops like we have marketing mm-hmm. tech you know hr legal whatever and what i'm finding is that you know as as a leader in in a larger organization so any of you guys listening who might you know be an employee or or something, um, you know, just being a safe place for people to raise their hand. And I had a um, a wonderful uh, person who I just adore in our organization. Texted me a couple of days ago. She said, "Hey, I just wanted to raise my hand to be looped in on this topic because I think I can contribute a lot, and I think that my department might benefit and be able to help. You know, you know this and and so I'm just raising my hand. Could you loop me in moving forward on this? Particular topic. It was just so well done. Mm. It was just such a great text for me to Mm. get. So sure enough, I had just emailed our co-founder as a proposal on something. And 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 when she texted me, I go, Oh, actually, yeah. And I forwarded that to her. I said, Hey, this is what I sent, you know, these guys, and this is what I'm thinking. This is where you guys could come in. And we started, it was in writing, granted, maybe, but we started collaborating, you know, just through her sending that text. And she was right. Her division and mm. our division can work together to make that topic. And I realize that there's probably a synergy in almost everything with that topic, right? So I just wanted to throw that out there that that you know are you are you a divisional leader or are you a leader that people feel like they could send that text to? Like I was really honored that mm. she she didn't mm. hesitate sending that to me. You know, so something
1: to think about. That's awesome. that, that that's so good. I, I think the the other thing with this for preventing silos and again this is something that we're for sure feeling forward on. The the stat I believe. No, don't don't uh <laughs> like we'll find the actual stat, but I believe it if one person says something 3 to 5 people feel it too or have the same mm-hmm. question. And so what, I what when yeah. when someone asks a question or needs something. So in that instance via with your story there's probably a few other people that feel that way too, that haven't said anything. Right. And so like one of the things that my, um, chief growth officer said during this training that I thought was brilliant was like, when someone asks you a question or you're communicating about it, how you can prevent silos is going to Slack or, or to whatever forum you use for like external communication. Well, internal communication with your team and say, Hey, you know, this agent just asked me this question and this is how I answered it. I thought all of you might want to know, or mm. the, the reason behind it. Like, so take yeah, that, like that and lot. then make sure to then broadcast mm-hmm. it out.
2: Like and then that,
1: that h- helps like those three to five people that are also wondering it, A, you're answering their question without, it will save you time in the end. Yeah. And it prevents siloing. So everyone understands that everyone's communicating to one another. And so that's I think great. that that's um, super super important as well.
0: Well, yeah. And, and be that brave person and reach out to someone and say, Hey, I'd like to be in on this. You know, I, I think, um, especially I'm just going to say it, especially our female listeners, you know, be brave, shoot that text over. Nobody Mm know that there's no negative to that. There is absolutely no negative to you raising your hand, asking for more responsibility or more, you know, being more looped in like that. You know, the worst thing that could happen on that is that your direct supervisor, you know, mentor leader could say, you know, they they could coach you a little bit on that. Like, are you sure that you should be adding that on? Is that your one thing? That's the worst that can happen, right? Mm -hmm. Most of the time that probably won't. So that's awesome. So
1: true. Well, we're going to close out with with by far one of my most favorite quotes. I think I say this about many quotes, but uh, but this is uh, in the top five. Um, it's I've learned that people will forget what you said, people will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. And I think what's so important when you're building unity amongst your operations team and your sales team is that if everyone comes from a place of, of see- seeking first to understand step mm-hmm. one, right? Putting yourselves... In their shoes. Um, also making sure that understanding what is the emotion, how is the receiver of this communication going to receive that? Are they going to feel cared for? Yeah. Am I going to like I might mess up my job, but will they feel cared for, right? Um, it, step three in choosing the best communication that all goes back to how someone feels, right? Making sure that you ca- you care about how they feel. Um, explaining the why, so using that mm-hmm. very powerful word that Via said, because, so adding because, um, just remembering that we need them and they need us um, both both ways and making sure that you're saying that often as a leader to build unity amongst, uh, amongst those two, and then making sure um, that you're not preventing silos. So having some forum of open communication to where they feel safe uh, to communicate and uh, to speak up. Honestly, this is something that I think we will all be on a journey on for the rest of our careers is building unity amongst our sales team and our operations team. And so much about having a big business and even living an even bigger life comes back to building that unity in your organization. And if you follow those six steps, you'll be able to do that. So thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, It's been awesome. And get out there, uh, keep living, uh, having a big business, but don't forget to also have a big life.
2: Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Thanks, everyone.
0: Bye.